Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before, but hospital-grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doingourpart. Is there a crisis on the border? Hell, yes, there is. Because four hours simply isn't enough. This is Armstrong and Getty Extra Large. We're talking to Joshua Wilson. Joshua is the executive vice president of the National Border Patrol Council, local 1613 in San Diego. Says the Border Patrol is undermanned, overwhelmed, and losing ground on areas uh, which they had been maintaining control. Joshua Wilson joins us now. Joshua, how are you, sir? I'm doing very well. How are you doing? Uh, excellent. We're uh, we're anxious to hear the perspective of the uh, National Border Patrol Council. Um, I don't think anybody disagrees at this point that there is a crisis on the border. How would you describe it? Well, systemically, we've been overloaded, and it's it's a very intentional effort on those who are trying to overload the system in order to someday facilitate open borders. Uh, we are approximately 40% of agents are no longer uh, working in enforcement capacities. They're doing various custody and processing tasks, hospital watch, and everything other than securing the border, just because we're so heavily overloaded. How recently has that happened, that that uh, 40%? That's been a building process that's, that's been coming over the last couple years. And in probably the last six months, it's gotten to the point where it's just not sustainable. And we're talking about a Border Patrol 
that is already 2,000 agents below their congressional mandate of 21,370. So you said they are trying to overload the system because they want open borders. Who's they? Well, there's immigration activists, various non-governmental organizations, and they're, quite frankly, they're prepping, they're prepping the uh, people that are entering illegally. They're giving them the script to read, and they're educating them on how to exploit the loopholes within our system to cause this systemic stress. It's do a coordinated you, effort. Do you know that's happening for a fact, and how does that work? I mean, how do they get this information to people you know, south of our border before they get to our border? Well, there's, there's people with non-governmental organizations down there. They're organizing these caravans. These are not spontaneous. They don't just pop up all of a sudden. They are an organized effort to try and overwhelm the system. Right. Yeah, we've heard about uh, what's I can't remember the name of the organization. Are you comfortable naming some of the specific ones? You know, um, unfortunately, I don't have the names directly in front of me. Yeah. Okay. But the we we do have evidence that these are being organized, that people are being coached. We're hearing the same script over and over from well, that, everybody we encounter. That'd be pretty good evidence, right there. Right. 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 Well, and and human smuggling is an enormously profitable enterprise for the cartels, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And, and the scary thing about this is that the overall character of the people we're apprehending has changed. The demographics of it has. Instead of getting single males coming here to work, we're now getting family units. We're getting unaccompanied children. And the thing is, because these children are under the age of 14, we're not able to do biometric identification on them. So we don't know if they're being trafficked. We don't know if they belong to the people who are claiming them as their children. And we have strong suspicions that some of these children are being recycled and are simply part of a human trafficking ring. What, what sort of biometric ID can you not do because they're kids? We, we, can't, we can't do fingerprints. We can't do DNA swabbing unless we have, um, unless we have very strong suspicion that they're part of a child. Is that a U.S. law or a U.N. standard? You can't fingerprint um, somebody who's 13 years old? I believe it's internal policy. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. okay. Interesting. So, yeah, you could use the same kid multiple times. I get it. Yeah. Absolutely. And, in fact, you know, we've, we've heard reports of people not being reunited with their children once they're separated and in custody. But the reality is many of these people are choosing not to be reunited with kids that likely aren't theirs in the first place. Wow. So, yeah, let's go a little bit more in depth on the changing nature of the people coming across the border and, and why that matters. I mean, I, I have a partial idea, but... It's just logistically extremely difficult and expensive, isn't it, to hold families? Oh, absolutely. Or, or, or faux families, custody. depending. Yeah. yeah, and Border Patrol custody facilities are all short-term. We don't have long-term custody facilities. Um, in, in the past, we did our very best to expedite their return back to their country of origin. Now, with people exploiting the asylum system, they're, being, they're, they're forcing us to warehouse them for long periods of time in facilities that are not that are not designed for that and it's it's very manpower intensive and it's taking agents out of the actual enforcement mission of the field and keeping them inside simply doing custody tasks like uh, arranging for showers and feeding and transporting people between facility and hospital watch every time an alien claims any type of injury or illness we end up taking them to the hospital, no matter how minor the complaint is. And that takes two agents right there to transport and then to sit on the door while they're being in, 
being examined by a doctor. Well, and if they have to stay in the hospital for any reason, we have to have two agents sitting on the door of that hospital room. And guess what? You, the taxpayer, are footing the bill for that and the medical bills. And you said that the Border Patrol is already understaffed by a couple of thousand people. Why is that? What's going on? We've had an attrition issue over the last uh, over the last five, six years. We've been losing people to other agencies that have more competitive pay, that have better locations they can offer. And the and the agency really hasn't done a good enough job trying to um, trying to hire and retain quality people. Hmm. So I'm not sure I've ever taken the time to completely understand this. So you're standing on the border and there's a line there and one side's the United States and the other side's Mexico. If somebody's approaching from Mexico, as long as they're on their side of the line, we don't have to do anything for them, do we? Or do we have to do anything for them if they're on their side of the line? No, I mean, if someone's in Mexico, they're simply, you know, in Mexico. Well, it's because all this stuff you said, we have to give them medical treatment. We have to do this. If they're kids, we have to do this. But we don't have to do anything if they're not over the line into our country. But once they cross over, a lot of them have been instructed to claim illness or injury because they're more comfortable in a hospital setting than they are in a custody setting. Gotcha. But since we have no responsibility legally while they're on the other side of the line, that seems to make the entire argument for some sort of physical barrier. You're on the other side of the line. Do whatever you want to do. Stand there in the hot sun. Walk back home. Whatever you want to do, you're in your country. Right. Wouldn't that help a lot to have the physical barrier just so that they're not in this country? Oh, absolutely. You know, the statistics show that everywhere we put up physical barriers, we've seen dramatic drops in the illegal entries. Um, I can tell you even anecdotally, the, the area I, I work, once we put up our physical barriers, our, our apprehensions dropped and our crossings dropped. It made it easier to apprehend the ones that did choose to cross. And we completely stopped the drive-overs that were bringing, you know, vehicle loads of narcotics into the country. Um, you know, one of my very first cases I ever worked as a trainee was a vehicle drive-over that was loaded with marijuana from floorboard to ceiling in a Chevy Tahoe everywhere except where the driver was sitting. Wow. Walls won't work. That's what I, I see. I think you're missing the point. Walls will not work. They don't help anything. That's not, the, that's not true. And nobody who's an actual border security expert says that. Every time some talking head says walls don't work, I want to know what their border security credentials are, because I guarantee you they don't have any. Listen, let's go ahead for the people who make the ridiculous statement. Well, walls don't work everywhere. Well, yeah, we know that. I mean, there's some places it's impractical or or nearly impossible to construct a serious barrier. But you know that, right? Absolutely. And where we do have walls and barriers, we don't have to deploy as many personnel to control that area. And we can choose to refocus those efforts in the areas where the barriers are not present. And it's a more efficient use of manpower. God, it's, it's such I can't believe we've spent the last however many months discussing this in this country with this. Wall, walls are unnecessary. Walls build a wall. How stupid is that? Ha, 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 ha. If I want to keep other people's dogs out of my yard... I can come up with a policy of how to handle the dog when he's in my yard, pay for his food and water, or I can put up a damn fence and the dog can't get into my yard. Right. It's, right. it's I, I don't know how we ever, I don't know. It's frustrating. Now, I, I'm not going to tell you that a wall or a barrier is a be-all, end-all, but it's part of a layered approach. You know, with technology, border barriers, infrastructure, and personnel, we can do the job. 
But quite frankly, there are too many members of Congress that don't want us to do the job. That's interesting. And it, well, I, I or don't think about it at all beyond what a what sounds the best in front of a room full of people. I'm compassionate. They don't need to come up with a solution. They just need to sound compassionate and get votes or money. Oh, I've had I, well, and and let's look at this. Look at this also. How do we determine congressional district apportionment and electoral votes? By population count. They don't check who's a citizen or who's not when they take those population counts. Where do the bulk of illegal aliens congregate when they get here? In urban areas. What party controls urban areas? They have everything in their interest to allow illegal immigration because it provides them additional congressional seats. And these blue states get additional electoral votes based upon the population increase of illegal aliens. Well, and we've often made the point that the uh, Wall Street Journal crowd, for lack of a better descriptor, doesn't mind the idea of cheap labor either. So, you... Oh, absolutely not. It, it's, there's blame to go on both sides of the aisle. So, hey, listen, I want to get back to the whole uh, refugee thing, because one of the heartfelt arguments by some people, cynical by others, is that, you know, these people are coming from a terrible circumstance. They're legitimate refugees and... And, you know, we're a welcoming country in the Statue of Liberty, et cetera, et cetera. But if, if more physical barriers were erected, if you got more personnel, in short, we could truly control the border, would that cut down on people's lawful ability to apply for refugee status at a port of entry? Let me tell you the secret that's not being told on TV right now. These people that are applying for asylum aren't even eligible. Economic need never has been, nor will it be, grounds for an asylum claim. There has been no serious political, economic, or any other demographic change on the ground in their home countries that warrants this mass asylum claim. They are simply gaming the system. All these asylum claims that are being made now, even if the people do show up for their hearing, which 90% of them will not, they will disappear, but even if they do show up, their asylum claims will not be granted because there is no basis for them in the first place. Economic need is not, nor has it ever been grounds for an asylum claim. So the numbers of people approaching the border, for whatever reason, is has exploded in the last several months. If this if continues... This is, manufactured, this is manufactured by those who want to overload the system so they can make the, so they can make the case for needing open borders. Wow, interesting. And it's Cloward Pivens, but in but in a but in a micro sense on the border. Right, trying to force a crisis to to you know change the laws, and and you think it's uh, political forces within this country getting together with the non governmental uh, organizations and the open borders uh, people in Central and Central America just working together to do this. You think? And, you know, and there's there's also help from the smuggling cartels that are making huge amounts of money. They have de facto travel agencies that work to move people from Central America through Mexico to our border. Wow, that's really interesting. Well, listen, we need to uh, stay in touch as as the issue evolves, uh, Joshua, and and get the reality from you. There are so many just silly emotional arguments going on. This is a matter of national policy. This is a matter of what's best for the United States of America, which is a great and compassionate land. But 
If you don't have a border, you're not a sovereign nation. Well, and we already, don't we already uh, bring, uh, allow in more refugees than every other country combined? Isn't that the number I always hear? Uh, right, or so, immigration in general. So you got yeah. you got to pick a number, what you think you can uh, handle, and then, and then have a way to regulate it. It just can't be whatever happens. Right, right. Oh, and Joshua, one final uh, idiotic argument we can explode. Are you anti-immigration or anti-immigrant? Oh, absolutely not. Uh, the reality is, if, if you want to know the truth, we have a lot of Border Patrol agents that are legal immigrants. And the truth is, this country needs legal immigration. We need the people with the skills to fill the jobs we can't fill on our own. But just this mass immigration and taking anybody and everybody who shows up at our border is, is not good for us economically. It's not good for us culturally. And systemically, it's putting a strain on us that we just cannot sustain. Joshua Wilson's the executive VP of the National Border Patrol Council. Uh, Joshua, good stuff. Thanks for the time. Let's stay in touch. All right. Have a good day. Thank you for having me. Good to talk to you. Thanks. This is the most false argument I think we've ever had in our nation's history. If you know <laughs> a better one, let me know what it is, where you're trying to claim we're racists or evil. Or we allow more people than any other, all the other countries added together. Nobody who's making these arguments, virtually nobody who's making these arguments, cares about skin color or any of that stuff. Right. It's just you have to have borders. You have to know who's coming in. You have to decide how many, like every other damn country on the planet does. Right. But you try to do what every other country on the planet does, including your socialist left-leaning countries right. of Europe that you're so in love with. They do it, too. But when you try to do it here, you're a, you're a, you're a mean, awful person. Well, and that's such a cowardly thing to accuse reasonable people who are just trying to come up with a coherent policy of racism. Are there racists in who are in favor of cutting down immigration or sealing the border? Yeah, of course. But you know, there are racists who are New York Yankees fans. That doesn't mean everybody who's a New York Yankees fan is a racist. And if I'm here telling you why I think the Yankees are great. And you say, well, there are plenty of racists who think that. You, you haven't addressed the issue at all. That's a ridiculous, you know, d- d- argument tack to take. And, and That's the argument made by the left, it. made by the left mostly. And the only reason, the only way you can get away with it, even when you've got the media on your side, the only way you can get away with it is if there's enough of the Republican Party that says, yeah, I'm fine with that. Whatever keeps things going the way it are, way they are. Because you get your hotel workers and your farm workers and all that sort of stuff so cheap. Right. Right, right. So they're yeah. not going to push back on that. Ironic talking to uh, Joshua Wilson, you know, on and around uh, Cesar Chavez Day in the great state of Cal Unicornia, since uh, Cesar Chavez was an anti-illegal immigration activist because he saw it undercutting the wages of, of the people course. who are already in the country and making it impossible to organize and and the rest of it. And he understood it was an, an exploitive and an evil practice. Of course. Yeah. Extra large. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before. We're hospital grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doing our part. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. 
For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Hey there, parents and teachers. Are you tired of feeling like every day is a battle of wills with your kids? Let me tell you about something that changed the game. Love and logic. Love and Logic isn't just another parenting or teaching strategy. It's a mindset shift that empowers you to raise responsible, respectful kids while keeping your sanity intact. With Love and Logic, you'll learn practical techniques to set limits with empathy, give your kids the tools they need to make smart choices, and build relationships based on mutual respect and understanding. Love and Logic stands behind their methods with a one-year money-back guarantee. Try it out risk-free. If it doesn't change your life, we'll buy it back. Plus, you can get 10% off with code IHEART10. So if you're ready to say goodbye to power struggles and hello to peaceful, loving relationships with your kids, it's time to give Love and Logic a try. Visit their website or call today. Your sanity will thank you. Love and Logic, because parenting and teaching should be a joy, not a chore. Visit loveandlogic.com.